What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. And in today's episode, I sit down uh, with a really good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Michael with Kind Home Solutions. And one thing about this guy, man, growth. He has uh, been able to achieve $5 million plus in sales uh, this last year. And really to give you guys the perspective, uh, just a different, uh, just a different perspective from that level of growth from somebody who, uh, has 21 employees is, is doing it. Uh, I thought it'd be really valuable to bring him on. So, um, without further ado, I'm excited for you to jump in on this conversation as we dive into some of the details of what it's like to, to scale a business that high. Um, and I'm sure he's not stopping there. So it's going to be a really exciting episode. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. I got my good friend, Michael Sutton, Kind Home Solutions, one of Colorado's up-and-coming, fastest-growing house painting companies. Um, one thing that I really want to touch on, dude, I mean, I think it was in the beginning when I first started this coaching thing, you reached out. I reached out some way or another, we got in touch and you said something that really inspired me. You said, my goal is to hit $5 million. I'm not, I haven't haven't had anybody talk to me like that. Tell me such a high goal. And it really changed my perspective on what's possible. What's, what's the mindset since that time, which is about, I think it was about two and a half years ago. Yeah. Did you hit your goal? What happened? How did you do it? If you did? Yeah. Um, it's interesting that, that we go back to that and, you know, two and a half. Do you remember years ago, that? Do you I, remember saying that to me? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. I okay. definitely remember saying it. And, you know, two and a half years ago, we were just started. So I started my business in the spring of 2018. So we just finished our third season. Yep. Uh, that was about two and a half years ago. <laughs> two and a half years ago, yeah. yeah. Uh, thought we would have hit that five million mark a little bit sooner. Uh, this year we did five point three. So Amazing. two years. Uh, two years. Two and a half years, yeah. Wow. So that is why I was really excited to bring you on here because you know when I talked to you about coming on, I really hit on the idea that you would bring a different perspective. I think the, a lot of the people that I help. Um, see a million as this huge goal to accomplish. And for you, a million um, is almost like, that's just like not even like something that you would even consider. That's incomprehensible that you would only do 1 million in sales. And there's so many moving parts that get to that, that threshold. So your perspective on growth um, comes from a previous experience with a previous company um, where you literally um, had these really high uh, numbers to hit. You had, you know, thresholds, marks to hit. So what, how do you, how do you create a business that generates $5 million in revenue? Like, how do you even do that? Like, what do you do? Yeah, it's, it's about building that team. 
So it's, it's all about having the right people in the right positions and knowing where they're going to be needed and where they're going to need to touch that client through the experience to take them from an inquiry to a painted home. Uh, so it's being able to really look at that process from start to finish, knowing who you're going to need. And then once you have those people, being able to feed them what they need to stay busy. And that's been you know, one of our challenges. Do you ever get like, do you ever get like worried that you won't be able to keep everyone busy? Of course. Okay. That's, I just want to make sure. <laughs> it's one of the, the biggest. make sure you're human. Yeah. No, it's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, you know, and every time that you add a new person or you're looking to sort of take that next step of growth, you're adding a couple hundred thousand dollars of revenue or, or 500 or a million dollars of revenue. It comes with having to do more, get more leads, do more jobs and spend more money. You know, it's the spinning plates. Yeah. So for every person you need, you need a certain amount of leads to feed. You know, one of the, the roles that we have is a scheduler. A scheduler right. needs X amount of leads to stay busy and justify their expense. Hey, real quick, I'm going to jump in here. Uh, when we were recording this, my wife had called and needed help with something with our baby, and that kind of pivoted our conversation. So that's why uh, there's going to be a pause here, and then we're going to jump in and kind of pivot in that direction. And I have so much respect for being able to raise your family and, and, and do that while you've done what you're doing right now. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I just, well, I built my business with the kids, the kids in mind, you know, I wanted yeah. to free myself, you know, I always worked a lot of jobs. So I always knew that, like, I don't care about work. Bro. I care about my family. I'd rather build my business around my family than my family around my business. If yeah. I said that, you know what I mean? So a hundred percent, I follow completely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, you say that I had a little bit different set of goals from what some of your other clients who you work with and yeah, uh, I think in reality, you and I and everyone else is looking for the same thing. It's that yeah. freedom to live the life that we want. Right. And to be able to, to nurture and to pour into the, the family and the friends and, and the, the network that we have. Right. Do you How feel do you create that? Yeah. So let me ask you this, like, because I think that I, I, I what you've created, like, are you able to be independent of this system, the more that it grows? Or do you see it as if I keep selling jobs, the more jobs I sell, the more people I hire, the more time I have to be here? Yeah, the opposite. I will be honest, $5 million scares the heck out of me. Mm -hmm. Terrifies me. I've never seen it. So I've never been in a business that does that much revenue. So I don't know that system. I would probably reach out to you to ask you how the heck to do it. And I don't, I'd have to learn the balance myself. Cause you know that I do a little under a million, not very big, two crews of four, one supervisor. I only have to deal with two customers at a time. I only have to worry about two jobs being done. And yeah. I think of, okay, if I have another crew, that's four more painters, I have to figure out how to put together on a team. That's mm -hmm. more responsibility for Chris, my supervisor. That's another color consultation that has to be figured out. That's different wants, desires, and needs. And I know that with what I do now in my role, that would put me in a little harder of a position. And you do that on a freaking way different scale. Yeah. 
I mean, we're doing about 35 projects a week. Jeez. Dude. So, but every time that you're, you're, you're looking at what, do, okay, what are the responsibilities that fall on my plate? Right. And what can somebody do equally as well or better than myself? Delegating, delegating. Absolutely. Got to. And I'm not the best to do a color consultant, a yeah. color consultation. There's somebody far more qualified who loves it more than I. Okay. So I'm not worried about adding one more color consultation. I'm right. worried about finding the color consultant who is phenomenal at what she does, who will resonate with Casually, our clients. Gives a great experience. Yeah. yeah. And as long as she sees eye to eye with me, with the customer experience and, and the attitude and the tone, and she treats people the same way that I want to be treated, yeah. then she needs to be doing it. Yeah. Or he and you can't not treat people well in your business with the name of your company. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so you. If you're, if you're a jerk in fine <laughs> home solutions, like, no jerks so Yeah. <laughs> I think that's cool. And I think on the very basic level of your business, yeah, a great color consultation is a bonus. Really, yeah. we're talking about project managers are probably the greatest thing in your business people that you trust to go out there boots on the ground make sure the jobs are getting done the way they need to what do you do to find a really good project manager and on top of that question at what threshold like what is one project manager responsible for in terms of like how many jobs does one project manager get and when do you know you need to hire another one because that's yeah. usually a high expense it's like a salary that you have yeah. to configure so when, when is it time to bring on another one? How many do you have? How, how, what are they responsible for? And how do you know when to bring on another one? Yeah, currently we have five project managers. Um, their responsibilities is solely focused on the client experience, being a point of contact for the client from the week prior of the project to completion. And they're on, you know, if there's anything back in touch-ups, loose, things that need to be tied up. Their responsibility is to make sure that client has a good experience and they get the finished product that they wanted. So they're there solely for customer service. Do they do, do they do estimates too? Or no. so the customer doesn't meet the project manager until the project starts. Correct. Does the project manager do any preliminary communication with the customer? Starts the week prior. Starts week prior. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just getting to know, meeting with them, getting their eyes on the project. Okay. Project manager's not doing any work, right? They're not painting. They're not painting. They don't so pick up paint brushes. Good. Yeah. They're there just to make sure it goes the way it's supposed to. So if you scale down your business, and this is just for the audience that listens to this, if you yeah. scale down your business to just like one, let's say you scrap everything, you got one project manager, right? His yeah. job is to literally just make sure that everything's going smooth on the job. And he's responsible for how many jobs? three to four, or if there's three, no, probably like eight or six, ten. eight, six to eight jobs. So he's, yeah. so that's a lot. So that fills up his whole week, literally just stopping yes. at jobs. Maybe he's supplementing the crews. If he has to go to pick up paint um, yeah. or do anything like that. Yeah. And, and you're just, you don't really even need to talk to the crews because you're just reaching out to the project managers. Mm -hmm. Love it. So you got the structure pretty much perfect. So I guess my, where I'm getting at in order to scale this down is that like, for those of you listening, like the project manager is where a lot of you guys should be as an owner who are still painting, right? So it, for you, it yeah. doesn't even make sense for your project manager to be painting. 
your project manager needs to be managing the projects, which if he were painting, he couldn't have that, that view of all the projects. So, so that's really good. So you have three of those or three of those systems set up within your company. And, you know, more importantly than the project manager, if I had to scale it down and start over today and build from the ground up, my first hire would not be a project manager. Hey, what would your first hire be? It'd be a salesperson. Love it. Interesting. Someone has to feed the pot. Right. Because you, you believe that it's harder to find a, a good salesperson than it is a good project manager. I don't know if I could say that. Both are difficult. Both <laughs> Finding are difficult. the right people is hard. Anyone I want, that's hard. really important. That's really important that you said that. And I think a lot of like, and, and I always say if somebody's in the brush, I want them to find a project manager first to get them away from the painting as opposed yeah. to, because that in itself is hard for a lot of people to do. To actually yeah. just remove, I think, you know, on that level of scale, but you come in with the idea that I want to sell and I'll figure it out after I have the jobs. Correct. Great. You know, how hard is Growth it? Mind. You know, you've built a lot of ways around this, but how difficult is it to take a phone call when you've got your hands in the paint? It, I just got off of a call with somebody who said that literally he just hates when the phone rings. It, 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 and if that's, you know, a lot of painters who hate when the phone rings, yeah. you need someone to answer that phone. Right. And Absolutely. you can find that for cheap. Cheap. It can be automated. You can actually have your salesperson do it if you really want to. Yes. You know, I mean, you could delegate that. Sure. And why would that salesperson not want to take that phone call? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So tell me, so let's dive into acquisition. So if you're doing 30 jobs in a week, that's, let me just between 120 and 140 jobs in a month. Is that right? Probably around there. Yeah. We have a Probably short there. Um, for painting exteriors. We were, I'm in Colorado yep. and you know, the high is about no. 35 this week. There's no exterior work. Right. So um, you got to transition everything to interior. Yeah. How do you do that? I think that's a major problem for a lot of people. What are you doing to make sure you have interior work during this time? <laughs> that's a tough one, especially in the world we live in now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's even the, more difficult now. The COVID world has been challenging for interior work. Yeah. And wow. there's been a lot of So questions. let me guess, you, let me guess you, you actually rent the hotel for the customers to stay in. <laughs> no. <laughs> have you done that before? No, I just, when, when this first started, I was like, Hey, that would be a good idea. You know, if you, you need to, I mean, just pay for it for three nights, let them stay there and we'll come in and paint. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, having an Airbnb for them to stay at. There or, you go. There you, you go. Know. No, I don't know. We haven't solved it. Um, wow. working in people's homes, uh, you know, Colorado was just in a, a red state. Yeah. Uh, red COVID state, uh, highest level we could second highest level. Uh, and we chose to stop doing interiors during that time. Uh, and we just went down to orange, our COVID level, and we're picking up our interiors again. Wow. Yeah. And you, I mean, when I talk, I think I talked to you a while back, you were just cool, calm, and collected, really, from what I noticed about everything. You got 20-some employees. You have to hit a certain threshold of almost 100 jobs. Let's just say 100 jobs, dude. I mean, I do 250 jobs in a whole year you're doing 250 jobs before I get out of bed. And, you know, 
I mean, like, how do you even remain calm when you hear that on, you know, just in the beginning stages, March, April, like you hear all this is going on. No, your door, you do a lot of door knocking. You do a lot yeah. of canvassing, which mm-hmm. when this first started, if someone came to my door, I'd get on the ring and be like, dude, you got to go. Cause you don't know what it is. I got the baby. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. what the heck did you, how did you, what was your thought? Did you sleep at night? What happened? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was terrifying uh, for myself and hundreds and thousands of other business owners walking yeah. into the unknown mid-March yeah. was one of the most terrifying things I've experienced. Wow. Uh, we did choose to stop knocking and do an all canvassing when the thing kind of exploded. And luckily we had a, a really good client base, uh, a great referral network and the support of our pre-existing clients really pulled us through. Love it. Love it. Uh, you know, and that's something that comes with scale is that the more people you work with, the more people can recommend you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And that's something we've seen grow over our three years. So what did you, so there was something we, we talked about last time we spoke is that you learned something that you wouldn't have otherwise learned that you guys are capable of doing if it weren't for COVID. What was that? I don't know. I think it had to do with the fact that you did a lot of in-person estimating and you transitioned to sending the quotes virtually for a little Mm -hmm. bit. Was that it? Yeah. I mean, that, that was a big part of it where we, you know, I remember you were huge about doing the quotes in person. Yeah. Massive. Like that was your thing. And I, I, you know, me too, but obviously we had to make that transition and you doing that on a large scale, did you notice a drop or were you guys kind of close to the marks that you were hitting, even though you were sending the quotes virtually? It actually went better. Wow. Uh, you know, we would talk closing table. You hear this closing yeah. table. Let's sit down and talk about your quote. Right. Uh, and it's an opportunity to really build value and, and make sure that we're all on the same page. And I thought it was such a critical part of the business of that estimating right. process, you had to sit down and talk for 30 minutes. Right. And turns out, you don't. Right. Uh, a digital presented quote with uh, a, a fair price and the online trust. So yeah. it, online trust, you're coming in because the reality of it is when you hit a certain threshold and I experienced this too, and I know exactly what you mean, because we've had, we have the reputation. We have the most reviews, yeah. most five-star views. I know you do too. You guys are very present online. There's a lot of trust being built before you get to that table. Anyway, they know who they're dealing with when people request you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think my personal you know, I believed it was so important to sit down was because I didn't believe in the social support and trust that we actually had. I thought we had to sit down and convince them. Yeah. I think, you know, when your head's down and you're grinding and literally you're a newer company to, to some years and your head's down and you're just like bullnosing through, you're not looking up to see, Hey, we've actually built ourselves a really nice reputation. I think that's yeah. the, I think that's the hustle in you to not get up for air and, be like, mm-hmm. oh, we can step back and start sending these things virtually. Now you were more like, I have to do this. So I guess this is what we're doing. And you actually were able to see that. Cause I don't think if COVID yeah. happened, you would have ever done this anyway. You would have just kept grinding head down, knocking on doors. I would have called you like, yeah, I hit a hundred million this year. I'd be like, great, man, you're, you're insane. And then let's do a podcast on it. Um, yeah. 
but it's good though. It's good that you actually saw that perspective and you know where you stand and that you can pull all, all, all these people through this, which I'm sure they all appreciated. Everyone, even the employees was scared. You yeah. pulled them through it. And I think that that's going to build a lot of loyalty, which I'm sure it already has. Like, dude, Michael is a great leader and he got us through this. Yeah. And that's and a lot. That, that's that belief from the team, that's why I can sleep at night. Yeah. Because I know when Miss Sally Johnson is concerned that the painters didn't remove all the plastic. Yeah. And she's concerned. Right. There's concern there. And she texts, texts you and then you're like, great, you know. Right. You know, I, I can't use the bathroom because there's plastic over my toilet. How could you leave my bathroom like this? Right, right. It happens. Uh, I know that my team cares enough about that client because I care about them enough. Right. Make sure that they were okay this year. Yeah, and that's uh, important. And we made sure that everyone kept their benefits. They kept their health insurance despite whether they were working. So you're paying for health insurance for everybody? Yes. Fully covered. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, a, a tough decision that we had to experience last year. Uh, we did lay people off temporarily when, you know, this thing spiked and my payroll company and everyone said, well, you probably need to cancel their insurance policies. So I can't do that. So yeah. I just paid them wow. to make sure That's that they were insured. God forbid something bad happened to them in this whole process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you took, you took on that responsibility and I'm a huge proponent of building the foundation, building the morale, building the loyalty, you know, teaching the people exactly like showing them how valuable and how great it is to be a part of kind home solutions. And then all of that just gives the customer a great experience. So maybe you're not physically there treating yeah. the customer the way that you would, but because of the way you treat the employees, yeah. They do it on your behalf. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you have a stellar rating online. I mean, you're just like phenomenal there. I mean, and, and, it's, and it's a good thing because that online reputation is just massive now. And it, you did it in two years, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we've been very blessed with clients. Yeah. Uh, we've had so many of our clients that have given us the opportunity to correct our mistakes. Yeah. Uh, if something goes wrong, uh, I'm not sure. Have you ever had a sprayer blow up on a roof? I haven't had that happen yet. Your gun I haven't clogs. had that happen, but I really hope it was a metal roof. No. <laughs> it happened on three roofs in one week last summer. Wow. So tell me what I would like to know what the res resolution for that is. How would you do? How'd you fix that? Because if I get a little overspray on a roof, I'm freaking out. What did? How did that happen? And did you have to replace a roof? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your insurance covered it, right? Uh, you know, technically we didn't file a claim. Okay. Fix the All roof. Right. <laughs> Fix the roof. All right. Uh, neighbor's house got painted for free. There you go. Because, <laughs> it, it, you know, and those unforeseen things that happen when, yeah. when you're painting that no one could expect. Yeah. Uh, a but I like that about you. You're just the type of guy that says, we'll take care of it. We'll, we'll Whatever it is, we'll take care of it. We'll move on to the next one. Yeah. Amnesia. You know. It's like a quarterback who just throws an interception but knows that he's a great quarterback yeah. and doesn't let the interception 
really mess up the team. Not only does he know he's a great quarterback, but he knows that if he spends so much time yelling at his receiver as to why he wasn't there to, to intercept it, he knows that's going to throw the receiver off for the rest of the game. Yeah. So you as a business owner, you probably recognize that if I sit and harp on this and discipline these people, they can't have the confidence to go into the game and do what they're supposed to do on the next one. Cause they're too worried about making a mistake or, you know, whatever. Right. Is that kind of mm -hmm. how you operate. A hundred percent, you know, when it, especially with the client experience, unless it was malicious, unless he like literally just like, just was like drunk and he sprayed the, for the roof, then that's an issue. <laughs> That'd be a problem. Yeah. Make it you know, but to have your spray of dog and yeah. have mine bust. Yeah. You know, it's a, one of those unforeseen things and, and our clients are just understanding. Right. And being able to make that phone call before we tried to fix it. Yeah. Say, I've got a weird situation, Mr. Mrs. Homeowner. Uh, I just painted your like half your roof. Yeah. Yeah. Weird situation. And just having to make that phone call, doing it timely, not trying to hide anything says a lot, you know, you can yeah. forgive somebody when that happens, as long as you're willing to fix it, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. It happens. It's probably more surprising when you walk to the neighbor's house and say, Hey, uh, I just got a lot of pain on your home. I'm real sorry. Cause they're close. The houses are close, right? They're close. Yeah. Yeah. In proximity. You know, and that means that, you know, they're, they're not even, they didn't even know who you are and you did that. So you paint the house for free to make up for it. Yes. I love that, dude. And then you get referrals from the house that you did for free. So you blew up everyone's roof, but you turned it into a way to to give and to make it a way better incision instead of saying, yeah, we're just going to file the insurance on it. We'll get it fixed. Sorry about that. You said, you know what? That shouldn't have happened. We're just going to knock out your house too so you get a fresh paint job. That is the coolest <laughs> If you're listening, pay attention to that mindset of just like, not worrying about the money right away. Like, worry about the impact and then worry about the growth. Like the money doesn't matter in the first five years of your business. Don't care. Right. No. The, care money the money will. Right? Yeah, it'll come. And you know, it's how much money does a person need to be happy? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. after like, yeah, after like a certain amount, it's just like, now you're just buying things, you know? And it's like, you know, the impact is greater with the employees keeping their health insurance. Like, dude, you're like, you know, I'm probably a hero to a lot of them during that time. And with that many people, you know, I mean, getting everybody to work in unison, it says a lot about your leadership skills and it says a lot about how you treat your customers. And like, I'm making sure to hit on these things in this conversation because, you know, the, the intangibles are what grow a phenomenal business. Yeah. yeah. Everyone can paint, everyone can sell, but it's like, how do you make people feel and how, how well do you go to bat for your team, your team members, mm -hmm. you know, on a daily basis? Like you essentially work for your team, right? Like yeah. that's the way I see my business is I'm here to make sure that these guys have work. I'm here to make sure that they don't have to worry about if they're going to get paid. That's mm -hmm. what I do, you know? And I think that perspective yeah. helps. Would you agree? Yeah. You know, you come from a place where you don't, I mean, let me ask you this. Like you don't just become a great leader in business. You come from a place where you weren't treated well. No, 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 no. I, I, there's that. I, I've always had phenomenal coaching and incredible mentorship. And so you don't have that. to go through having somebody treat you poorly in business. You just wreck it. You don't need to touch fire to get burnt. So it, yeah, I would cool. rather uh, the alchemist, you know, I'd rather touch gold to make gold. 
I love it. It's a great book. <laughs> you don't want to touch fire. Yeah. To, you know, and, and I've been really blessed with that. And I would say it's something that separates me from a lot of people at this point is I seek out that support and that coaching. I go to people who have been through what I've been going through now and they've been there years ago and they know what it's like to be three years in business because they've been in business for 30. Yeah. That mentorship, that coaching, that leadership has really it's like a guiding light, right? Like it yeah. really is. It's like, okay, they've been here. They are there. I'm here. I can get there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that confidence is what gets you to push through and be like, because to me, like I said, you being at 5 million has inspired me. You know, if I scale my business, do exactly what Mike's doing, I could get to 5 million. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, 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 it's a pretty cut and dry process. It's just a matter of being able to balance everything. Right. Yeah. And you stop and you think about it, you've hit your vision or you're at least living in some reality of the what vision I set my sights on. Yeah. Right. In the same way that, you know, when we talked and we had slightly different visions of where we would be in three years, we're yeah. both living yeah. those visions. Uh, I was talking to one of my, uh, he's not a business partner, but uh, a, a friend of mine who owns a, a small business, he builds websites okay. and he does it by himself. And last night I, I said, are you ever going to have employees? And he, the, the, the sound of his voice, it was like, no yeah. one had ever asked him that question. Mm. And he's like, no. He gave him a yeah. new perspective. Uh, maybe no yeah. I don't think I ever want to manage anyone and it's like where do you want your business to be and that guy could have a five-person web development agency tomorrow yeah. if you nail it right you see it you see the growth and I, and you're trying to share your vision and help him adopt it in sense of growth and like I think that's great it's just yes. the confidence right what I yeah. what is here is the confidence mm -hmm. yeah or the desire or yeah. you know sometimes you can't see it yeah you can't true. see what it would look like to run a painting company with two crews right how could that work there's only one of me right and absolutely you got to think about it and see what it would look like here for it to start happening uh, yeah you know and i imagine you run into that where People don't have the vision. They don't see the freedom. They don't see how they can take two weeks off, still make money and take their family on an important vacation. Yeah. Well, the secret is to that is I would say it's the people that you have. Mm -hmm. And the, the, that's why I really focus on the hiring process is getting the right people because uh, they are going to free you, but it really starts with what your goal is. I mean, I, I do help a lot of people that, and I really like helping the older guys that want to learn from me, not just because, and, and, and they're humble in a sense that like, oh, this young guy isn't going to teach me anything. But I see it as they're running out of time. Their hands are only going to be able to paint for so much longer. You know, so the way I see it is, let me give you this perspective of what a painting business operates like when the owner isn't painting. And you think, you would think, well, not you, I know you know what I mean, but the average person would think, well, duh, like, of course, but this isn't the only way that these people know how to make money. 
And the idea of having someone else come in, probably like your web design guy, because his number one skill set and ability is probably building the websites. He's like, there's no one I would trust to build a website to the standard of which I would do. But I would tell a guy like that, that he should find somebody to help him sell the websites because he's probably not 100%. He's not, he's better at making the website than he is selling. And then ultimately what he could do is he could project manage the developers like you have, you have people project managing the painters, mm-hmm. which to, to the standard of which Mike wants it done. Yes. It's, it's scalable and it's repeatable. Yes. All of them scalable, are. Scalable, repeatable. You know. Right. I have a question though. I really do. What is the, like, so what is the biggest challenge for you? I know that you, it sounds like, I know you got it down pat. You, you, yeah. you, you got no. it down pat. But I don't have it down pat. Far from it. You come across very confident and I think that's great. I just want to know, like, what's the challenge for you to, to like, if there's one challenge, like, man, like this is a, this, this is a little difficult in this area. What is that for you for a $5 million company? So the answer is probably a little cliche. And for those of you who have not read the book or don't know it, E-Myth Revisited. Yeah. Yeah. How many, have you read it? I have. How many times? Right here, right over there. Just once. I only needed to read it once. Oh. But I'm not. I'm. 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 I'm eager to hear this because I'm not. I'm. I don't know if I'm ready for this because I know kind of where you're going, but I wouldn't see this from you. But what is it? It's the ability to work on your business and not in your business. Okay. Every day I get dragged into something, some urgency, some. This is the most important thing. The world is falling. If Michael, if you don't address this right now, because the buck stops with you. Yeah. Is it because you're being called in by these guys because they aren't confident in them making the tough decision? Or is it because there's no one else that you like these decisions that come up are probably high priority. It's probably something pretty bad. Not bad, but just only you would it, feel it confident. You know, this client's not answering and they haven't paid yet. What do I do okay. with this lead? They want us to paint all of their hot water pipes in their basement. Gotcha. So these these tough business owner questions. And, and, and it's, you know, a constant. And you get dragged into working in the business. Okay, now I've got a supervisor who's sick. I need to go produce. I have an estimator out. Let's go sell. Uh I need you to go talk to this client because they saw this and, and not having the time to pick my head up and focus on the company and, and actually working on developing our business. And I get stuck working in the business. So let me ask you this, just a quick question. Okay. Cause we're talking yeah. systems and I think that I learn as much from you as I'm sure I can help you in a way from, I'm just an outsider okay. perspective. I'm at a way smaller scale. So take what I say with a grain of salt. I'm just asking. So in your business, the chain of command, is you and then you have the project managers right yeah underneath you mm-hmm. and then you have the subcontractors may i ask yeah why don't we have someone in charge of the project managers why hasn't that position been filled it's expensive okay and there's those economies of scale at certain thresholds you can begin to justify certain well, let me ask you this. Can we 
just hypothetically speaking, uh -huh. I don't know. Just just asking a question. Can yeah. we can we limit the amount of project managers, take one away, okay, and create that supervisor role, give him half of the responsibility that he has with his project managers and the other half of his responsibility would be overseeing the other guys is there one person that you feel like could assume that role that's already a project manager or would you have to bring in someone externally no uh i very much advocate that the work from within promote from within Love that. develop the team and, and create yeah. those career paths and there are people in every position who are moving into that yeah so every day I'm one step closer to not having to answer those questions. Do you feel like that position that I'm talking about is going to assist with that in a sense, like yes, tremendously? Um, and the way it's you know spoken is, hey, if Eric's going to make a decision, I'm going to trust him fully to make the decision. And Eric is making that decision because I have told him I trust your decision and I'll stand behind it fully. I trust your decision making. Mm -hmm. So yeah. don't you don't need to call me. You can call X, Y, or Z. And you set that. You have to set that standard in the company. Like, only come to Mike if it's a fire emergency or a paint sprayer blows up on the roof. Yes. And you're like, what do I do? Well, yeah. we buy some shingles. So just, just again, hypothetically speaking, yeah. so that role needs to be created and I'm seeing it as you don't need to bring in anyone new. You could pay the guy a little bit more to take on that responsibility. You're not going to be able to fill his schedule completely, but maybe you can give him half of the responsibility he has now, oversee the other guys. I just want to know, do you have someone in mind that you feel like would be ready for a position like that in your yeah. business? And, and we have those people in every department. Love it who are currently acting in that position. Yeah, that's um, great. You slightly less so that you can support someone else. Because I would love to hear that in two more years or however long you decide that you're like, yeah, man, I mean, I just stop in, check to make sure everything's going well. And uh, I'm writing my book on how I did it. And like that to me is, is an exciting mm -hmm. thing, you know, um, but it's just about the systems, the processes in place to make it happen. I, and I get that for sure. Uh, you know, and, and, and looking at your life, you've done something incredible, Tanner. You run a million dollar painting company and how many painters and other painting businesses do you help on a daily basis? You no, know, I'm surprised. I get messages. I don't know, but I, I know that it's, it's, it's a lot and I'm thankful for that. Um, but that was my goal in the beginning. Like you said, it was vision. Yeah. I set my sights on it. I always want, I'm a family guy. I, I'm home. I don't have an office. I don't need an office. I don't go to jobs. I just check in with my supervisor, that role that I'm telling you about, who oversees the project managers on a much smaller scale. I get it. Big difference. But that's what I designed, you know, and I created it. And that's, that fits me, you know. You're able to do those two things. Run a painting company and Help painters. helping hundreds of other painters yeah. improve their business. Yeah. Uh, coaching I didn't know what would turn into that. I honestly didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I actually thought, honestly, when I first you know, said, you know, I'm going to put myself out there, give some advice. I thought I was going to help people start painting businesses. That's why I don't know if you remember, it was painting startup. That yeah. was my first little gig that I tried to do. And as I got connected with people, and I started helping people. I'm like, man, I feel like I could actually impact the actual people that already have painting businesses a lot more than people just starting, you know, yeah. so 
that was pretty cool. You know, that transition there. And I've grown so much from helping people. Like if you listen to some of my stuff way back, I've grown a lot more, even just connecting with you, having that. I always thought about that. I'm like, this guy's trying to hit 5 million. And I'm thinking, how the heck is he doing? That's why I always kind of peg you for how many guys and even this conversation I'm learning. So it's, uh, it's mutually beneficial, you know, I, and I am, you know, and, and it holds me, it holds me to a high standard in my own business because I'm not the type of person that's going to preach stuff. I don't practice. So if I tell you guys out there to do a hiring interview, hiring process, and I sit there and just tell someone that they can start tomorrow, I'm not speaking my truth. So it holds me accountable. And I really, I do like that aspect. Yeah. 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 Can't, you can't, you can't help people to do stuff you don't do. <laughs> no. And then that's a, uh you know, from anyone in that industry, if you're a painter and you're, you're teaching someone to paint what same way you do, yep. you got to show them and be willing to do it the way to the standard that you want it done. Same thing for you. Like the management aspect of your business, which is your strength, you're showing your project managers the way that it needs to be done. And they're holding that standard accountable because they know that that's the standard that you would do if you were the, the project manager. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I bet you're, you know, like, it's kind of like, are you showing up on time at the office every day? And it's like, if you're not, not you as the business owner at this point, you could probably come in a little later, but you have to set that standard early, you know, you know, to make sure that everyone knows like, Hey, we have, that's a whole different dynamic, dude. You have an office with people working in it. So not only do you got to manage the, the actual project management, like you have to manage the office dynamic too, right? Yeah. It's, and that's interesting with COVID. Yeah. Because we don't have as much of the office. Yeah. Everyone's remote. You know. You guys have a shop attached to your office? No. Okay. I was curious about that. I didn't know. Yeah. Because I know that you do your cabinets on site, right? We do cabinets on site. Yeah. So we'll create a spray booth somewhere in the home, basement, garage, kitchen, wherever is convenient based on scope of work at that project. Uh, now you talk about those two year, three year goals. Yes. I would love shop and warehouse space. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could recycle a lot of the, the paint, you know, too. That's the white paint. Well, the white paint, the white paint. <laughs> yeah. The, white stuff. the primers uh, in the paint. Yeah. Do you, do you have warehouse? No. Do you have two shop? vans? Nope. Two vans. Two vans. Two vans. You know. Simple. Even parking vans, that's not easy. I let, them, I let them take it home. Okay. Yeah, I, I let them take it home. They're on the insurance policy. I, you know, they, they drive to work. I give them gas every week for it. Um, they, they have to maintenance it, clean it, inventory. Okay. You know, pretty simple. I mean, just let them take it home. I thought early on, I need an office. I don't need an office. This is my office. I'm working from home. And it would be senseless to have these guys wake up every morning, drive to me, and then go to the job. You know, back in the day, they used to do that because that's how people used to clock in. They actually had to punch the clock at the office. And, mm -hmm. and most companies didn't want them taking the vans home. So, you know, we're in 2021. Clock in when you get to the job. I'll see it on the GPS. Yeah. You know, I could track the mileage on the van. I could see where that's at. You know, so, you know, I keep it, keep it slim. I imagine the day you purchased that first van was a, a big day. It was a huge day because I did, I, I had trailers. I thought I probably told you that I, I used to do trailers. That was a pain coordinating. Can I leave the trailer here? We got an HOA that doesn't allow the trailer to stay overnight. I had to make sure whoever was driving had a pickup truck with a ball hitch on it. Yeah. You know, 
oh, you can't drink. Okay. Where's the, tra- does anyone know where the trailer is? You know? <laughs> and, uh, dude, when I bought that van, man, you know, making the investment four or 5,000 bucks or whatever, it was a great, it was awesome. It really was. And we put nice racks in it and I don't even, I don't even think about it anymore. It's great. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, I can't wait for that, that day. It's what one do you of mean? the, you, can't, you don't have vans. No, I don't have any vans. What do you get? How do you bring the, the materials to the job? Um, so, so we do have different, slightly different models. Uh, we do subcontract out uh, the majority of our painting. Yeah. So painters they do, have, they have vans. They have their own van. Okay. Van or truck. Van um, or truck. Project managers who are mainly just transporting paint, sundries, uh, they use their own vehicles at this time. So I know that you mentioned to me not too long ago that you were potentially thinking about putting together an employee team. Yeah. Considering. Considering. But that would be nice to see a wrapped van, kind home solutions on it. It would be incredibly cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's an area that I don't have experience uh, is how to train a painter. Uh, it's incredible to think of being able to hire a painter with no painting experience and get them to be a good painter. Uh, well, I would come at it from the position of you do need someone with experience, but you have to make like when you're hiring that position, I would hire somebody that knows how to paint that wants to be an employee, which there's plenty of people out there that do for stable, for stability. I would see just for your sake of testing this out. Like for me, I would look at it like my employee model is a totally different business. Yeah. And I'm going to start this business with one person that knows how to paint that wants to be an employee and work for an hourly wage and be a, you know, be a project manager within the project, then it's his job to coach up and teach the guys that you bring in from there. But I don't think I would start with somebody that doesn't have any experience. So your first painter that you hired, how much experience did he have? I started, when I started my business, I was the best painter on the crew, which doesn't say much. Okay. Okay. But, but, the reason why that happened was, is because I brought on, I brought on two independent contractors that were just people that didn't want to be employees that knew how to paint. They knew how to paint. Okay. And after about a month, I let them go and they were trying to sell their own work. They were just not, and they weren't legit, dude. And I'm like, I can't run a business like this. But, but one, one time they brought a helper and I liked this guy. And I said, I reached out to him. I said, Hey man, look, I'm trying to transition to employees right now. It'd be just be me and you. And I'll pay you this much per hour. So we went, we painted a job. I liked him because he was a people person. He, he wasn't the best painter, but he was a people person. I knew that I could trust him on the job to communicate with customers. So yeah. from there, I found someone else to put under him. So it was me, that guy, and the new person. The new person had no painting experience. This guy did. He could cut a straight line. That was all I was looking for. And then yeah. I hired another person. So now I have this, these three guys under me. I would do all the spraying. These guys would, you know, do the prep and painting and stuff. After the spraying was done, I would go do estimates and leave them on the job. Now, at this point, you know, we're operating and I'm like, okay, I need to get somebody that knows how to spray. So that's what I looked for. And I found Louie, who's now my project manager. He's been with me for years. Um, and he came in and brought this whole different dynamic of skill I pay him very well to just be an employee at that point in time. And he was with the crew. So even though he was the best painter, he wasn't the manager. The guy that I brought on first was, 
And that's okay. how I built my team before. And they were employees, nice. wage, and we're knocking out jobs left and right. And uh, that was it. Pretty simple. Is Louie still spraying houses for you? Yeah, he does all the fine. He does all the he does all the work. So like all the all the detail work still. I mean, he's phenomenal. But I've since grown, and now I can attract talent that supplements him. So you know, yeah. he, you know, I've now I have other guys that know how to spray. And this was just in the incubator phase where I didn't really have a brand. I didn't know much. I didn't really know how to find people. So I was like, let me start with this. But I knew that I needed somebody that knew the dynamics of a house painting job. Like you got to know what needs to be done in what order. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was me. And I looked for that role when I was hiring that role. So when I plugged him in, it was like I was replacing myself. And then yeah. all I did was estimates. We just had one crew and I did estimates for like a year and just found them jobs. We just do one job a day or uh-huh. however long that job took. One, you know, sometimes it was one job a week if it was a five-day job. And then I expanded to two. And I, I know that if I just duplicated that process, I could do three, four, whatever. And it would require more overhead project project managers for, you know, you know how it is, but that's, that's how I did it. But that four man crew was my sweet spot. So I would think of it as like this, you know, the subcontractors that you're paying to do this work have already figured that out. They have their four, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's just a matter of you getting your own four. Yeah. And and, and you hired that first one based off his personality. hundred percent. Cause I wanted somebody to be able to talk to my customers the way, like you said, the standard mm-hmm. which that I would would be the standard which he does, and I instilled that in him as I was on the job. You know, making sure that he knew, hey, this is how I communicate with them. This is what you need to do. Let her know that. Just an example. Let her know that we're going to be doing the master bedroom first, so we can knock out the rest of the house and they can have a place to hang out. I know you've done that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's the, that's the mentality that you want to instill in this person. So, you know. Um, when do you hire your first sales or, or have you hired a salesperson now? I did. I did twice. I tried to go the salesperson route in my business. The margins didn't make sense for a 10% commission, seven to 10% commission. It didn't, you know, I mean, ultimately I was doing automated follow-ups. I was generating the leads and if they didn't close the deal, I was the one closing it. So essentially I would close the deal and be like, dude, I just made this guy 400 bucks, you know? And ultimately I didn't see the value for two crews So I created this system where Chris, my supervisor, who just manages the two jobs, he goes and does the estimates. So he takes pictures of the the jobs, uploads them for me, takes measurements, asks my questions that I want the customer to to answer. What's the story? When do you want it done? Have you chosen colors? My big three questions. He builds rapport. He's a very nice guy. So he's really always just building rapport. And he's our project manager, which gives the customer a little bit more when he shows up when the job starts. So, oh, it's Chris. You know, I Chris sat with me. So we have that dynamic there. And I just shoot the pricing from the office. So once I have all that, I just look at it, tally up the pricing, send the quote. Now, I don't just send the quote. I always call, hey, how did Chris do? I know he did great, but I want to get to know them as well. So I'm actually utilizing my strength, which is that post price is where I, I shine in, in my business. So I just do that whenever an estimate comes in, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Hey, I'm getting ready to send your quote. I just want to make sure Chris did a good job. Did he answer all your questions? Awesome. Uh, he said that you just wanted soffits, fascia gutters, and the wall's done. And then, and then I come in with the, the clothes, you know, from there. Okay. So no salesperson estimator. No, no real estimator there, but no, well, no clothes in front of the client. What's that? You're no longer in front of the client. 
I'm no longer in front of the client, but we are sending a representative to do what I would be doing everything but the pricing, which a lot of people do anyway. They don't give quotes on the spot. So it doesn't, for all they know, if I didn't call them, they would think Chris is sending it. Now, when you first started, you did preach, present a quote on the spot. Absolutely. How'd that, how, how did that experience COVID. go that switch? COVID, 100%. I would have never thought that I could keep my volume with sending quotes online the way that I have. But I did notice in the beginning, because well, you know I, I had a baby and she was only like four or five months at time. So I wasn't going to go if I could avoid it. You know, I didn't know what was going on. And my wife was freaking, we were all just like, everybody was like, what is this thing? Right. And we got a baby. So I'm like, how am I going to do that? How am I going to sell jobs? So I'm like, I just did everything virtually for the first two months, virtual quotes. I put it all over Facebook, dude. I got so many people that were interested in that. And I realized that there were other people out there in, in the market that didn't care about COVID and were just going to the house and people weren't caring either. So we were actually at a deficit. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how can we still do this? Well, how about I just send Chris to go measure? He can at least meet them, see somebody, and I'll send the quote from the office. How about that? Let's try that. Because I didn't have the ability to find a salesperson that knew how to sell. So I had Chris and I trusted Chris to go do it. And that's what happened. And we just kept doing it, never stopped. And it's been great. Now I'll never change it because he makes an hourly wage to manage the jobs and do estimates. I got him a car. He has his own car. He doesn't have to worry about it. Done. You got him a car. Bought him a car. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah, he gets a car and he and he's not painting anymore. He loves it. He's and he's phenomenal. He's he's the best employee. Dude. I, he's my he's my trusted person, man. He's my guy yeah, that really I don't even. He's he's what allows me to sit in front of this camera and hang out and help people and and be with my family, dude. So anything I could do to help him, got a car. I get. He's probably got four raises already. You know, I value that stuff, man. Yeah. You know, I do. It's, it's like the most important thing. And, and it sounds like he's really brought you a lot of freedom from, from the business. I, dude, he's like the most best. I'm blessed. Like you said, that's the word, you know, I mean, yeah. I don't really, but that is a reciprocation of how much I value people, dude. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I attracted that type of person into my business. Yeah. And because of that, you know, and everybody understood in the beginning, I was a little weary because I had the baby. So everybody was like, you know, but they knew that I would find them work. I made, I was in this freaking office making more calls during that time than I ever have. Like I was not going to let this ship sink that I built for, you know, four years, just like you. Yeah. What do you think, you know, the number one challenge that the people you work with are facing? What's their biggest hurdle? In terms of my employees? for my customers your other business helping paint helping oh, other oh, oh dude it's hiring i mean it's so the more i do these business breakthroughs it's like i always look for that one thing like my big question when i do them is like what's going really well and what's not and what's not is more often way more than not is like just getting good quality people in their business and it's like all i got to do is see and i ask this question a lot like tell me right now if i said find an employee right now, what would you do? And when they tell me what they would do, I know the problem right off the bat. One guy said he would go to Home Depot. The other guy said he would call his friends um, to see if they knew anybody. Like the power is in the process. So yeah. from there, I dial in and help them discover a process on how you filter out applicants. And that's something that does not come natural to people. 
uh, and I, that's been my focus by default. I mean, I can't even get to sales. I can't even get to marketing. I can't even get to admin until we address how to recruit people into your business. Good people. That's, yeah. that's the problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's one of the real, you, you've done a really good job of making that more tangible for people. You got to package me. it up and make it easy. Yeah. Cause, cause it is a difficult thing. It is hard to tell that. Why do people choose to work in certain places? What are you bringing to their lives to improve it? Uh, and you do have to really think about it from your employee's perspective. Yeah. What well, there's a lot of fear though attached to that because a lot of the limiting belief is like, okay, well, if I bring people on, what if I can't keep them busy? And I want to be like, dude, the motivation, you know this, the motivation you get when you bring someone else on you won't experience that until you do it, but you know that it channels a different motivation. Cause you're like, I hired this guy. I got to keep him busy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, but you don't know that until you put yourself out there and bring on two people, even though you don't, you have one week of work and you're like, you know, but I would say this, if you have the money say to yourself, you know what, if I don't have a week of work, I'm going to pay them for that week. And that's on me. I'm going to take that penalty, you know? That'd be so scary. It would be scary, but it, guess what? You freaking do it unless you want to give away money for nothing because, you know, I bet you'd learn then. Yeah, very true. <laughs> but the employees are the foundation of the business, dude. You know, they really are. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, with Chris, I couldn't do this without him. I couldn't, you know, I mean, that's just a good person that takes pride in his work, that is trustworthy. Everything that I ask him to do, he does to, to the standard of which I would do it. You know, that's, that's the secret. It's the people. So if the secret is the people, the hiring is, is what's going to get you there. And uh, I'll disclose my first hire uh, was my now wife. Love it. She ran all of the phones. Okay. So anytime that someone called our company okay. for six months, it was her who answered. Yeah. She that's handled great. every inbound phone call. She handled every outbound phone call. Yeah. I can tell she's dialed in when I met her. She's dialed in. She's <laughs> a great ass, asset to your company for sure. Um, and that was, you know, when you talk about this right hand, I couldn't do this without it. Yeah. There was no way we could have started or scaled past that first year without her. Yeah. And yeah. she just handled all of those phone calls. But I will say though, that that, is your person too at the same time. So when you free yourself, you want to free her too, you know? It, so you, it makes it a little bit more complicated. That that's where I'm saying, you know, it makes it a little bit, but I know, I know what you mean, man. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. I think it's great when, when uh, a couple or married couple can work together um, and make it happen, dude. It's just, it's awesome. God bless those who try. And yeah. it's not an easy thing. Yeah. Uh, probably the hardest thing that I've, done was actually working with my wife in this but whether it was my wife or not I needed that person yeah to run the communication with our client love it and looking at scaling that was a full-time role long before we had enough work to justify that person I knew I could never get to work without that person yeah so prosperity coming your way but I'm excited dude I really would love to hear some feedback on if you decide to build this little team of employees, which I'll be honest, man, there is a chance that you fall in love with this employee model and you 
transition things. It may be a little more favorable marginally. It may could potentially free you if you get it to the point that you want it. You know, it might give you a better opportunity to be free than it would the other way. What do you think? We'll see. Uh, only time will tell. Yeah, uh, only time will tell, man. We're definitely going to have to. We're definitely going to have to jump back on one of these, man. I, this was good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this point, I just put the client first, uh, put our team first, and everything else will pull itself. So. Awesome, man. Well, I'm going to close this out, man. Your perspective is going to reach a bunch of people, and I think it's going to open up a lot of eyes, including mine. That's why I love doing these, regardless of whether or not it's my podcast. I'm learning just as much as I uh, try to teach. Thank you, dude. Appreciate you. Yeah, Tanner, thank you. You're the man. It was and wonderful. Kind Home Solutions. Kind Home Solutions on uh, Instagram. Straight, just one word. Kind Home Solutions at Kind Home Solutions. Kind Home Solutions. One word on Instagram, Facebook, KindHomeSolutions.com. Yeah. So if you're looking uh, to scale I, your I, business I, to the moon, hit up Mike. <laughs> uh, my contact information is on our website uh i'm connected to the instagram and facebook so any messages that come through I yeah will... please do hit him up he's a cool guy awesome right, man. Yeah, have a great hey i just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the contractor secrets podcast um, i'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people helping people um i've changed my instagram name to at contractor coach and I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email, find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So Get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.